Well, I'd like to welcome you to the City Temple live stream. This is just part of our Sunday worship gathering. And if you'd like to join us for our whole service via Zoom, then email us at info at city-temple.com. We are honored and we are privileged today to have Marcos Rivello preaching God's word for us. And so we pray that the Holy Spirit will mightily touch you and allow you to submit to his word in power. Thank you, Marcos. Good to be here with you um, this morning, uh, online and in presence here in the city temple. I'd like you to open your Bibles or follow us on screen in Hebrews chapter 4. And we'll be reading the text uh, for our study this morning. Therefore, while the promises of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest as he has said. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David, so long afterwards in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and the spirit, of the joints and of the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from its sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give account. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in very respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you speak also into our hearts on the preaching of this word. Minister to us, renew our minds, and transform us, Lord. And let us continue to grow as your people, as your kingdom, on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I was thinking about my children <laughs> with, about rest, and that's a bit of a challenging one, I think, with kids. And, um, but it, it did remember something that I used to find really nice when I used to come home and when I was much younger, so maybe when I was in secondary school, I think that was around the time, I'd, I'd, you know, we'd leave the house, my brothers and I would go to school, and it'd be a crazy rush 
getting ourselves changed, ready, you know, leave, getting our sandwiches or our packed lunch, whatever, getting everything ready. And just we'd leave the kitchen a mess. We'd leave the living room or our bedrooms a mess, and we would rush out. And then, you know, you'd come home after school or, you know, you finished your day. It was amazing to see the whole house tidied up. The kitchen looked spotless. The bedrooms looked amazing. You know, you think, gosh, you know, Mary Poppins had been here. or The fairies have put everything together. And you think, you know, gosh, and you're just... And the next day, the same thing happens all over again. As a, you know, at that age, you don't think what goes into all the hard work. And it's like payback now. <laughs> now I, I've got five. I, my mom only had three, and my dad only had three. I have five, and I have these little tornadoes and earthquakes rush through the house. And they just, you know, wherever. It's morning, lunch, breakfast, dinner. And the only time really Gisela and I kind of rest is once they're asleep. When they're resting and sleeping, Actually, we don't rest, we work. That's the moment where we can get things done, whether it's cleaning the kitchen, getting the bedrooms done, getting everything sorted out, ready for the next day. So when the kids rest, we can get to work. And it made me think, sometimes it is that, is when we rest in God the Father, He begins to do some amazing things in our lives. He begins to do... So when we get into His hands, things begin to happen. So just some kind of thoughts on these texts that we read this morning. It's just understanding a bit, you know, what it is to rest for us today. What is it to rest in the Lord or as people, as a community of God? And it's, it's, it's odd because we're always told to rush. There's more things to do. There are so many books teaching us how to maximize our time, our day, our week, how to put, you know, seven hours of work in one hour, or how to, you know, how to uh, the, the seven-day uh, seven week maximize it or put into one day of work or some, something of other of this thought. But all of it's just, you know, people trying to reach some type of success, trying to obtain something, trying to reach something. And really, at, at, when deep down, it, it doesn't always work that way. You, just, you seem to be more struggles, more, more tired. You know, some, sometimes there's that idea, if I, you know, if I have that new watch, that new program, that iPad or that, you know, whatever device, it's going to make my life easier. And, my, and something I've learned very quick, it just it makes life more complicated. And my wife has said to me, you, you, you're terrible with those things. Don't even bother buying any of them. Just, you know, pen and paper, that's enough for you. And it is in a way. So it's sometimes keeping it very simple. I mean, but different people with different things. I know some people are very good at that stuff. They are, you know, like a calculator. They have their everything very squared off and put together. But what, what does it mean for us to rest? What does it mean for the people of God to rest? And so... And here, just thinking in this text, it tells us not to fail to reach it. And I know there's a the spiritual dimension. There's also you know, a, a very, to the text, understanding what Christ had done and what these people were looking to the past of the, the Israel and looking in Christ, but also for us as a church. What does it mean to us now in our community? And what, what, how do we, you know, how it also becomes a benefit towards us. You know, rest is knowing sometimes that God is in control. Knowing that He is sovereign, he is over all things, and working all things for our good. And it is finding ourselves to, to know, okay, I don't see the picture, I don't see everything panning out how I hope, and I don't understand where we're going sometimes on this, but I am obeying the instructions and listening. And um, similar with the people of God, imagine those 40 days going round in the desert before entering the promised land, they were promised of this rest. But we, we know that we have this in Christ. And we can understand that, yes, God is working all of these different situations. We're living a pandemic. We're living 
a, a change that is happening around the world. And it's in these seasons where there, where there are challenges and difficulties, we're also learning to see, God, you're able to work even when we have just enough. You're working even when we have just, you know, the minimum is coming through or the, you know, the, the limits are there. But you're faithful, always good. And it's learning to just, okay, I, I can rest in this. I can know that you're working it out. Resting in God is also knowing that we are co-laborers with him, working with him, knowing that he takes the lead and we build together with him. And we're trying. Um, there are so many motivational and encouraging talks about how, how do we build bigger churches? How do we reach out more people? How do we do this and the other? But the pandemic, really, and, and this season that we're living in this right now, as you hear this, is 2021, all of that's put on its head. All of it's been turned upside down. None of those strategies or ideas or ways or, or business plans kind of saying put into church now really work. A lot of that's completely changed. The bigger churches have found it difficult to meet, and some smaller churches are actually thrived in this season in, in many ways. And I, I see that us, really, as here in City Temple. But it isn't about being the, the, the size that's helped, but it's just being a community and knowing who we are that's really helped and kept us together. And seeing that, just that rest of, of knowing that God is working through us as a community has been wonderful to see in this season. Resting in God is knowing that He's leading us, knowing that He's our peace. And as we rest in God, we're also understanding that you know, we are not needing to be anxious for things. And that, that's the, I think that's one of those challenging things in this season as well. The anxiety, the worry, and the fear. And it's very easy with every news report, with every new uh, um, breaking news on whether it's another move or a change that's happening in the virus or whether it's, you know, the uncertainty of finances and uh, the changes that government have to do. But, the, you know, again, no matter what the government says, no matter what we hear, we have to be that people that rest and are standing in God's Word and knowing not to be anxious for anything, but in all things, bringing our prayers, our petitions, and thanking God and saying, Lord, you're working this out. You're bringing these things together. It's, and it's not about, an, the rest of God is not about an, an absence of tribulations or trials. If anything, it's an awareness of Him in this. It's an awareness that He's working. That the same Creator God who put the heavens and the earth together, the same God who's, who's done signs and wonders and miracles, is still working. Even, in, in, even when we can't see it happening. I mean, that's the wonderful thing of the Holy Spirit as well. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And sometimes we're expecting something, you know, surprising or loud or a bang or an explosion of the move of God. But really, sometimes it's learning in the whisper, in the, in the small moves of God, that He's also doing some great work. And it's just being that still and rest and say, okay, God, what are you doing? What, how are you moving these things around together for our good? We know that there isn't an absence of the problems, but being aware of Him, because He is the one who's overcome the world. So we rest. We rest in these things, knowing Him and walking with Him. But this rest is also about something to do with our heart, something that is continuously we need to review and examine. Again, it's interesting. It's a, 
in this season where, where everything has been kind of stood still, people have, have looked more, to, if anything, to, to find themselves to be busy in other ways. So things like Netflix or the social media had gone huge up. People were, as they say, binge watching and just filling their minds and their hearts with things that just, at the end, well, really doesn't profit for anything, just an entertainment. But then you wonder why, you know, why things in some certain situations are not changing. The hearts made for God. Our hearts are made to be filled with Him. And He, he challenged it and He talked to His people that they wouldn't enter the rest and it was this unbelief, this hardness of heart that they had. And it's for us to learn from them, to see them as, as this shadow that, that they, they were walking in and we walk in the fullness that is Christ that we know that He has finished all work upon the cross. But in our hearts to have that peace and that rest, knowing that He's finished, He's completed what He's promised to do for us. It says here also in this text that we should listen and, and put our faith into this. Just before I turn to that point, just again about the heart, I just wanted to mention that it's really important that that hardness of heart is changed and transformed when we repent, when we worship. And these two things are really important. When, when we come before Him, and you're saying we put our lives before him and just, Lord, we surrender. We recognize our, our faults and our needs and our weaknesses. But at the same time, we worship because we know there is mercy, there's grace, and there's favor. There's something that you've done that in, no, in none of our ability or gifting or calling we're able to do. And so we, we enter into that and we listen with our hearts and have that confidence and that expectation in the character and the faithfulness of God. These people miss the rest of God because they continuously complained, continuously forgot how good God had been to them and easily moved on to the next thing. And the, the, the next problem just creating new complaints and new difficulties. But we're supposed to be people who, when the next challenges come, when the next difficulty comes, we look back at the goodness of God, at His faithfulness, at His character, at His promises, looking at our journey with Him, looking at the journey He's done with others, looking at the promises that He's done within His people, and begin to remember them, to speak them, to declare them, to pray about them, and to worship Him who has done these things. That's how we keep our hearts sensitive and moving towards Him and growing towards Him. It's so easy that our hearts fill with complaint when we just look at the problem. And maybe you just have to step outside get out of the, the office or out of the house or wherever it is that the, you're, you're facing that problem and just sometimes stand outside and, and remember we were created to glorify God and all things that were created were for the glory of God. I remember finding myself in a situation where I am navel-gazing, kind of going inwards and just like, this is really difficult. This is really hard. This situation we're going through seems to be not changing. And it was literally I had to step out, walk away from like the, the desk and the, and, the, and the papers and everything, and just for a moment, look at the clouds, look at the trees, look at everything else. And God, you are glorious. You are wonderful. All that you've created. My heart had to be broken from the complaining and from the, from the situation. My heart needed to repent from looking at what I'm limited in it, and my heart needed to see the goodness and the glory of God. And in that moment, begin to praise Him, begin to worship Him. Thank you. You are good. This is just a season. We will get through this. We will see your goodness and your kindness and your faithfulness through this. 
Lord, you created the heavens and the earth. You don't sweat this problem. You don't, you're not worried about this. You've got this. You see the beginning and the end. You're the Alpha and the Omega. So God, here I am. I'm trusting you and I'm putting my heart before you. Forgive me for the unbelief. And that's what the people of God continuously forgot to do. He would send the prophets. He would send them messengers. He would raise up Moses and others to tell them to repent, to get back into line, to remember who God is, to remember their covenant, their promise, what He had said He would do with them. And sometimes we've got to do that. We've got to shake it off a little bit and say, okay, God, what have you said? What have you promised? And I, and I do like real prophets. And I do like when we get that prophecy. You know, you, you saw, I, I know I, growing up in, in certain contexts, it was always, you know, I want to get something encouraging and positive. But I, I really like mature prophets because they kind of say to you, you're going to go through a hard season, but you're going to get through it. <laughs> it's going to be tough. They don't give up. You're going to get through it. And they give you some other, you know, good, good information as well from God. But that, for me, is where you hear it and go, okay, Lord, it is. It is, we are, you know, it is, it is a challenging, it is a difficult, but Lord, you're doing something. This text also mentions Joshua in it, about him entering and bringing them to a place of rest. And just thinking about him, I remember this part where Joshua has this conversation with the angel. Do you remember the story where he, the angel of the Lord appears? But he doesn't know who it is. He isn't sure. He goes, Joshua says to him, are you for us or are you against us? And I love the wisdom of God. Just in that sentence, God replies, neither. I'm not for you or for the other. I'm God of armies. I'm the God of hosts. I'm, I'm above all of this. And sometimes we have to hear God say that. I'm above the nationalism or the, the, the problem or the politics. I'm above all of this. I'm not for one camp or the other. I'm for me, the kingdom of heaven, the people of God. And you need to join this and rise above all of that. He's above the divisions. He says in his scripture that, you know, he has torn down the walls of hostility, the walls that separates one culture from another. Yes, it's beautiful to have the diversity, but above all, we are the people of God in his kingdom. Our hearts have to kind of connect to that also and enjoy that. The next thing, making that every effort of rest, making every effort to reach that. And it's this faith, this confidence in God. And as he says, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it's knowing what he said, knowing what he's done. And here it goes on about the word piercing and dividing and separating. And the more that we spend with the word of God, the more that we rest. Again, you know, a whole generation have been given a pause these last two years. And if anything, it's for like God saying, I'm going to, you know, put the world in a, in a complete isolation for a while. And, and it's sometimes, I, I've heard people say, I, I wish I had more time for prayer. I wish I had more time for reading the Bible. If anything, this has been the time. Let, let, let me, let's, let's see, you know, let's, let's look at the internet. And I, I'm, and I, you know, this, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone. It's the same to me. You know, sometimes they're like, okay, you know, I, I do like those reports. If you ever get on the, on the phone that comes and says, how much time have you been spending on the internet? You know, you, know, you feel so guilty after a while. You know, Lord, I need more time with you. But it is that, isn't it? That moment that God has paused and he's, he's bringing us back so that we know how wonderful and great his word is. How amazing. And how we see these men and women who persevered in different situations and challenges and believed in the God 
who was able to, to do above and beyond what they imagined or could expect, able to take them through fires, able to overcome lions, able to get them through the walls, able to bring people together, able to separate divisions, and to know as they preach, and, and today in Pentecost, just thinking at how the disciples who walked with Jesus for three years or so, they are waiting in the upper room once Jesus had left and ascended on high. And just with one instruction, they didn't know what was going to happen. They just had a word. Wait, tarry, pray for the Holy Spirit. They didn't know there was going to be tongues of fire. They didn't know the wind was going to come in. They didn't know they were going to have revival. They didn't know that people were going to come for multitudes. They didn't understand the next season. They didn't understand that this new boldness with the Holy Spirit in them was going to transform them. They just had a word from the Lord Jesus. But they were obedient to that word. They were faithful to that word. They were persevering in that word. And one of the ways that we persevere in a word is in prayer. Praying it out. Asking questions. Lord, what are you doing? And I imagine them praying, Lord, you've told us to wait for the Holy Spirit. You've told us to persevere here. And they had the move, you know, the Pentecost and filled and changed. And it is the word that opens up our hearts. It is the word that reveals what's inside of us. It's the word that convicts us through the Holy Spirit and brings that change. And that brings me to the last point here, uh, to emphasize here that Jesus is that great high priest. We can come with confidence. Once we've understood that, that rest that we have in God, that we're not trying in our, and, and, and worrying and being anxious, that we understand that it's our hearts open and sincere, repentant and worshiping, when we understand that in our faith, continuously persevering, we come boldly to the throne of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. We come boldly before the throne of the Father through our Lord Jesus, the one who we now belong to. He is the beloved, and we're now part of his, his family, that he's gone through the heavens, and now we hold on to this confession. We declare him, and we exalt him. And all, all of this, all of the coming before the throne of grace is really prayer and intercession and coming before him, bringing our petitions, bringing our needs and knowing him and, and lifting him up. Yes, Lord, there is this pandemic. Yes, Lord, there are these challenges and difficulties. Yes, Lord, we're not seeing the product or the final of, of what we hoped for. But Lord, you're still on the throne and you're still king and all the nations are still under you, Lord. And all things will work out together for our good. How? I don't know always. But I can worship you from here. And I can know what you've done. And we could see that like we've heard that the cross still speaks. And exult him for these things and say, Lord, it's still, it's still happening. People are still getting saved. People are still hearing the gospel. People are coming to your knowledge, Lord. Even in, the, in, the, in this great difficulty and challenging season. Lord, we can draw near. And we know that you we're in your hands, that we are in you, Lord, with that confidence. The word says, no, he is an ever-present help in a time of need. And we now have that under the blood of Christ. We come before him as children. And we say, Lord, I'm in arrest. And it kind of like I said that illustration. Sometimes it'll be you put your head on that pillow. You wake up the next day, fresh mercy, fresh grace, a new perspective. Lord. You're working all things. You're doing this. You're, you're with us. We're going to get through. And so seeing that, that he is that great high priest, 
now. There's a text, and I didn't put it yesterday, but it just the Lord spoke to me this morning in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. And you just take note of it, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love, and he will exult over you with loud singing. God works in us from a place of rest. And he continues that work that he started in his people. And he enjoys seeing us overcome. Because everything that we do as we overcome is in a trust and confidence in him. His power is seen in our places of weakness and dependence on him. And he is glorified where we hold on to him and him alone. And he is that good father. He has seen the end. And he is not moved by what is happening right now. When we rest in him, we're working against the turmoil and the anxiety that is in the world and, and, the, and what the world has created against this. The work that he has started in his church, he will also complete through the power in his church. So three things I want you to take today. Look at the Lord and his promises. Remember, he's been faithful to his, his first covenant with Israel. And we see things still outworking with them. How much more now our covenant in Christ Jesus through the blood of the Lamb, the one who takes the sin away from the world. And in that we have this a mighty God working to do great things through us. The second thing I want us to take away is that we look at Jesus and the work that he's accomplished on the cross. That we look at him, take, that he's taken all our transgression, cleansed us of all of our sins, forgiven, redeemed. We are accepted, secure, and significant in him. We have purpose. And the last thing, to thank the Spirit that dwells in us. And continuously, as this day is Pentecost, thanking it is the Spirit of God working through us as a community, helping to bring us in, in unity, even as to rest as a community. Even with the, right now with the building projects and other challenges of the City of London, other challenges of the, of the UK and the government, challenges in Europe and the nations, but as a community... And as we ask from different nations and from different parts, from different, from different spheres, we are still, when we're together, we are the greatest witness of the power of God in the Holy Spirit to the world. It's His church. And we are now His hands and feet. And we get the opportunity to pray and to bless others and to be that blessing. I want us to pray. And I want us to thank the Lord for this day. We can give him glory and honor for all that he has done. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for your goodness and your kindness, Lord. We thank you, Lord Father, that you've promised us of rest, and that rest is in Christ Jesus, Lord, in the work that he has done and accomplished for us, Lord. But you teach us, Lord, to guard our hearts in these things, Lord. You teach us, Lord, to stand in faith, to continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, to understand what you're doing in us, Lord, and through us, not just as individuals, Lord, more than anything, as a community, as a church. Lord, Father, that we can come in worship and praise before the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness, because of what you've done, Lord. We can find mercy for forgiveness, but we can also find, Lord, Father, the authority that you give us as children of God, as people of God, to, to declare your kingdom and your will to be established on the earth upon governments and nations, Lord. 
And Father, with that authority, I pray for the person who has a herniated disc, Lord, for the pain that they're feeling in that part of their spine, Lord, for that whatever tension or the buildup that's affecting them, Lord. I pray that you heal them right now in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Lord Father, for salvation, Lord, that the word work in their hearts and bring repentance and conviction and bring them to acknowledge that you are the only way in truth and life and salvation. Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.